Welcome to, what is this now, episode, welcome to episode 11 of Thinking Out Loud. This is Jerry O'Neill and today uh, we're going to take a look at some of the conservative websites that have been making gains in the last two or three months. As you probably noticed with the Fox News debacle since the presidential election, and indeed the presidential election coverage itself has seen a mass disruption to the media marketplace. More and more conservative folks are getting their information from non-mainstream sources more and more. So today I'm going to take a look at a few websites that have, news websites that have seen their traffic go through the roof over the last six months, but in particularly in the month before the presidential election. And there's a useful site I'm using, it's similarweb.com, and it does, uh, even on the free version of this site, you can, you can get a lot of traffic statistics and data about how particular websites are doing. So the first website I'm going to talk about today, uh, number one, is called justthenews.com. This website is edited by John Solomon. He'll be from you. He'll be familiar as um, somebody you'd see as a regular contributor on Sean Hannity, and makes regular appearances on Fox and a number of other um, mainstream broadcasting. Um, platforms. But in the last five or six months, John Solomon has gone out on his own. I, I'm not sure if it's a collaboration, but he is now um, producing content on under the flagship justthenews.com. I find this a very useful source of information and just good reporting because John is a real good... I, I find his work is really scrupulous. And even though he leans to the right, he covers stories that are not getting covered in the mainstream. But the one thing you can be assured of with John Solomon's reporting is it will always attempt to be accurate and searching for facts. So to that end, we're just going to have a quick look at how his traffic on his site has been doing in the last six months. So... <laughs> John's had a very good six months. Um, the the page going back to May was averaging a little over four million um, visitors or site views a day, and it's been kind of you know it's flicking between four and four point two million all during the summer, and then just in the last month, it looks like his average is now just over five million users a month and I think these figures are based on the uh, month statistics and uh, just in the just one of the curiosities with you know news sites and you wonder how they get traffic and um, the referrals to John's site come from a number of sources and some of the sources that he gets his traffic from are sites that I will be talking about later on but Citizen Free Press is you know 35% of his traffic comes from that site. About 15% comes from Bongino Report. Now, he also gets about 12% of his traffic from Real Clear Politics. Now, Real Clear Politics is a quite a huge site. So they obviously look on John as someone that is a good source of material. You know, they don't just ha aggregate any websites, news articles on real clear politics. So that's a, it's always a good sign when you're 
making the breakthrough on nuclear politics. Um, now, the one thing I would say is he gets most of his social media traffic, over 72% of it from Twitter, with tw about 20% from Facebook, and then the rest between Reddit and YouTube. The only, what I noticed myself in, you know, in writing and having a website and looking at statistics is when you get your traffic from Twitter, it tends not to be great for the amount of time um, people spend on your site. So what I would say by that is there's you can get a statistic um, with all of these websites on similar web that give you an indication of how long does the user spend on your website once they come in on an entry point? And the entry point from uh, any social media site will be, you know, a, a particular news article. John's averaging about 51 seconds per site visit. That's not bad. It's an indication that re read, most people read, and read the article. And he's averaging, but he's only averaging about 1.75 page, pages visited per, per visit. So... You know, in the sphere of written content, you want to keep people on your site for as long as you can. Um, as much for the advertising revenue and generating, all of these websites rely a lot on, you know, Google advertising that would be on the sites or Google adverts that would be on their sites or whatever sales pattern whatever ad platform a particular website is using i'm not sure it's john solomon john solomon and just the news using google but you know the more <clears throat> renditions of an ad you can uh, have on your site per visitor the better the more chances you are it's going to convert that into money if they click on something so what you can see there is five you know for for, for a website that starts it's well it's, i don't even think it's a year old the uh, to be up at five million users per month is uh, huge. You know that's you've got a, you've got a business model there. John has also added just the news a video platform as well, and I've often watched some of his content in the run up to the election on YouTube. So there's a whole he's building a whole platform there for just the news, which you know they've had it. Just from September to October, they had a nearly he nearly increased his site visits by one million in that month. Now, uh, granted, it's an it's an election. Granted, it's an election year, but uh, and also the other fact is John Solomon would have been one of the journalists that got his hands on the Hunter Biden laptop and hard drives material. Now, to be fair. Not many, not many mainstream outlets were willing to look at this stuff or report on it. So there's a small number of conservative websites that got a huge amount of traffic by virtue of the fact that they were generating a lot of news article content out of what was on those drives. And we all know what, but at this stage, most of us on the right side of the aisle know exactly what what, what kind of information that entailed. So I would say John Solomon is going forward as a platform, looks in a very solid position. Now, the next site I want to have a look at, um, because, and it was this site that gave me the idea to do this podcast episode because um, they've, they've had a lot of breaking news stories over the last month, pre the election and post the election. And that's the gateway pundit and it's run by the half brothers and i've come to know them from watching more war the regular contributors to steve bannon's war room pandemic so uh i've come to know the website through seeing them being interviewed on that platform and again when you look at this website it's it's ranked number 325 in the news and media in the news and, and media category and just to give you an idea of what that means in the, you know, for a site like that, doesn't sound great, you might think, but, you know, they have huge traffic. They have about 30 million visits, just shy of 30 million visits per month. 
So they're, if you want to classify them as alternative media, they're probably, for my money, the biggest alternative media site on the right that's out there at the moment. That is, again, for the most part, writing original content. Now, uh, the one criticism I'd have about some of their stuff is the articles don't always... Uh, the articles aren't always as in-depth as what you find on just the news. I, I just find my, myself... The content, uh, the con but they do produce a phenomenal amount of content in a day, uh, you know, and that's that's the trade-off you have in web news production, is that to produce quality content takes time, it takes a lot of time. You know, for someone like John Solomon to produce maybe fifteen hundred words, that could be, you know, John sources all his material and runs it down. He's not just relying on web-based fact analysis, you know, pulling statistics uh, from a, a site or stuff like that. He's talking to people, he's sourcing it, and he has a huge range of sources. Same with the the Hoff brothers as well, I'm sure, but they, they do tend to produce a lot more content on a daily basis than maybe Just the News is doing at the moment, and that's probably just scale in terms of the numbers of reporters that they, they have available to them. One of the curious things about Get, the Gateway Pundit is they're not significantly reliant on any particular re referrer. So as I break this down, it's, you know, the, the LibertyDaily.com gives Gateway about 8% of their traffic. Parlour's given them nearly 8% of their traffic, but there's no... They have about four. They have about three or four hundred different sites referring traffic to them, so the links into the Gateway Pundit are huge. So they're obviously, what, they're obviously a big favourite with what I call aggregator sites, site news websites that are basically links to news articles elsewhere. So the most famous of these, the most famous of these is um oh god the name's gone from my head um i'll come back to it uh it's the what's the name of it again jesus christ isn't that terrible um so what i what i can see from looking up the gateway pundit here is that they have 608 referrers so that's a super situation in, in, to have is because you've got hundreds of other sites referring your content into you. And we're going to the social media realm as well. A quick look. Again, they're, they're reliant on Twitter heavily. For news content, Twitter tends to be with a lot of these um, new news outlets, the primary method of referring traffic. And the game book or the playbook here is very simple. Guys like Jim Unhoff and John Solomon, they have huge followings, personal followings on Twitter. I think Hoft have, one of the Hoffs has 400,000 Twitter followers. John, I think John Solomon might have seven or 800,000 Twitter followers. So when he's posting, the traffic coming from the Twitter end of things is where John Solomon posts a link to adjust the news story somebody clicks on it and they go in so they're using their base support their personal support on Twitter to drive content into the drive traffic into the site one of the things that the gateway pundit would be probably uh, happier about than maybe John Solomon at the moment, but this is that the average site visit um, for a, someone going on the Gateway Pundit is three, nearly four minutes, three minutes, 57 seconds. So the average visitor spends nearly four minutes on the site. Uh, they visit over two pages per visit. Um, and they're, now, the only thing where they might look to 
expand a bit more is there is there is a heavy reliance on United States traffic. So 85% of the Gateway Pundit traffic comes from the USA. Now that's no surprise because most of their political stories are on what's going on in the United States political sphere, especially at the moment with the presidential election and the fallout from the post-election. But what I think a lot of these sites don't realize is that there is a huge demand for U.S. political content in the English-speaking world outside of the United States, and there's huge markets there for it if they, you know, just get a, get a little bit more clever about how to uh, access uh, those people. So, but as I as I said, the the second site we're kind of reviewing here, like gateways has to be very happy there are 29.4 million visits in october and that is a progression of 20 it was 25 million so they've gained like 4 million followers or visitors in one month to the end of october and if we go back to july they've gone from a situation in july where they had 19.7 million and they're up to 29.4 so they've gained 10 million visitors in the space of about four months three months so they they, they have to be very happy the con the, the good thing about gateway pundit is they're very quick to break stories they're very good to take a chance on you know controversial subjects like at the moment they're given a lot of airtime to sydney powell and her claims around the release the Kraken, the, this whole Dominion system, voting systems debacle, where there's claims by Sidney Powell that there's been mass interference in the US election through, the, through, the, um, through manipulation of the voting software. So Jim and the team at Gateway Pundit have ran with what Sidney Powell is saying, and I think they're getting rewarded with traffic. And again, the Gateway Pundit would have gone in deep on the Hunter Biden laptop stories from the mid, from mid-October. So, like, it's definitely been rewarded in traffic. So you can see the progression with the six, five or six sites I'm going to go through here today is nearly all of them have increased their traffic in the, in the September to October month. And they're all on a general progression from May of increasing their market share of um, news traffic. So that's the Gateway Pundit. Now the next one I'm going to have a look at is a site I got familiar with again from watching the War Room Pandemic podcast. And... One of the contributors or one of the co-hosts of the war on pandemic is Raheem Kassam. Again, he's a guy that has a big personal um, Twitter following, maybe in the region of 300,000 Twitter followers. Now, during the... So he is, and he has a lot of prominence due to his role uh, with the war on pandemic team. And he's, you know, I've been following them right back to this time last year when they were covering the impeachment trial on a daily basis. They're producing for, you know, at the moment, they're Raheem Kassam, Jack Maxey, Steve Bannon. They're producing four hours of video content today. Now, Raheem Kassam seems to have a side gig as he's the chief, he describes himself as the chief, chief editor or editor-in-chief of the National Pulse. Now, the National Pulse literally this site is only is really kind of new, um, and I'm not sure if it's this. It's definitely sometime this year when he started to put some time and effort into it. He's got a very good young reporter that does I, does does a lot of the um, technical writing and digging on stories. She's very good at producing, um, you know, going going through large amounts of boring data and pulling out a, a good story i just i can't think of her name just at the moment but she's she's um 
she's one of the lead writers on the on the site. I might pull it up before the end just to give you an idea. But this site, going back to me, was just like a regular. It was half a million visitors a month. Really small, like a, a tiny, tiny site. What he's managed to do over the last six months is quite, you know, he's trebled his traffic by the looks of this, or quadrupled his traffic. He's up to nearly 1.94 million site visits a, um, a month for October. You know, and he's pulled that up from, but it's been a steep rise for the last three months. Now they're producing, again, they're producing content that is, you know, it's reporting. They're digging on conservative stories. So if we give an example on the National Pulse, we'll just bring up the site here to, to give you an idea of what's on it today. Uh, the so Natalie Winters is the name of the report of thing. She's pretty good at some of the stories that they they produce. So they're gone big in on the Biden supporters violently assaulted peaceful demonstrators in DC and Democrats still haven't condemned it. So again, as we would know, there was a huge Trump rally in Washington DC. I think it was organized by Women for Trump, America First. But anyway, of course, the, the the legacy media didn't cover it in any way. So again, they're just giving up. They're give you know. There's a massive appetite for coverage of these events for people on the right, and I I think you know the I think the mainstream media have just missed a trick here because I was watching this rally on Saturday, and right side media. Broadcast, it bright side broadcast media were streaming it, and there was 150,000 people watching it live. You know, just a, a march, a few a few speeches, and none of the speakers were particularly well known. And it was a march from up to the supreme the the march into the supreme court. There was a few. There was a lot of trouble at night with Antifa people and stuff like that, but it. What I can see here in the National Post is, you see, they'll give you an, an angle here. Biden supporters, like, to be fair, it's Antifa, you know. You can loosely, <laughs> it's being a bit, it's being a bit provocative to call them Biden supporters. It would be, you know, I, I, I'm no doubt that, that they, Antifa, if any of them that voted, or any of the Black Lives Matter people, they would have, voted for Biden, but I think it would be more accurate to describe them as, you know, Black Lives Matter or Antifa violently assaulted people, peaceful demonstrators. Um, so, again, with the National Pulse, they were, they had the inside, they had the complete inside track on the Hunter Biden laptop and hard drives, and they produced reams and reams of stories on, you know, content that's on those laptops like you could spend a year i would imagine writing content content purely from what's on those hard drives and they did a pretty good job of covering the story well now again with the the only criticism you could have here is with the national pulse is you can see there's an appetite for their content right because they're getting 1.94 million visitors. They're also getting a very high visitor duration rate. So the people stay on the National Pulse for nearly four minutes, which is an indication that they, you know, they like to, they're not, they're not going in there just for the headline. They're, they're reading, you know, they're spending a good chunk of change on there. So I would say if you had a criticism about this, is you would say that the National Pulse needs to expand the number of stories it's able to produce because what we can see here is that Natalie Winters and Rob Wazinger as well, but they probably have a shortage of content on a daily basis. So just to review that uh, site, as you say, they are very happy with the last six months and to go from a start, stand and start to 1.5 million visited 
uh, a month is pretty spectacular stuff. You know, any startup would give their right arm to have a site that's generating that much traffic quickly. But again, with news sites, the problem that you have is once you get popular, you're trying to increase your content without diluting it. So the trick for the first, all of these first three sites, just the news, the Gateway Pundit and the National Pulse, is to keep the quality where it is at the moment, but to try and expand out the number of stories that they can produce on a daily basis. And that's, I would say, for the National Pulse, that would be something that they will probably address going forward um, once the election is over because again it's cost money to expand uh, into you know hiring reporters hiring you know content providers and you know the return on investment is you, you have to be have a very clear path to generating revenues when you're when you're starting a new site especially a conservative new site because you know, a lot of advertisers are being scared off in the current climate of advertising with sites like the National Pulse. I would say, that's my opinion, I would say, to put it another way, if these were left-wing sites, they'd probably be making uh, a factor of two or three more times more money than they, they probably are at the moment, some of them. Now, the Gateway Pundit is in a different stratosphere to just the news and the national pulse because they you know they've 20 million people or 30 million people visiting the site a month so i'm sure they're generating um, a, a lot a lot of revenue off that or they should be so another thing that the, these first three sites have in common is that for the most part these sites are producing original content they're writing up stories they're chasing down stories that are not being covered on your Fox News on on your bigger sites. So there is a huge amount of stuff to write about on the right. That's the good news because the legacy media do not want to cover it. And the name of that site I was trying to think of earlier is the Drudge Report. The Drudge Report got you know has flipped this year to be an, an anti-Trump site almost predominantly. But the Drudge Report is, you know, 85% an aggregator site. What I mean by that is it's just a site that links to stories. And what, what you're going on the Drudge Report is, is you're getting a Everything's curated into narratives. So the Drudge Report's narrative for the last six months has been to go totally anti the populist Trump. And as a result, their traffic statistics have gone down shockingly bad in, in the last six months uh, as well. But I don't want to give them any more coverage than that. But they are the num they would be considered they would have been considered the go to place for news, especially for people leaning to the right for the last number of years. Anyway, to move on, I'm going to the, the the next two sites I am going to go through are two aggregator sites. So these will be two sites that are looking perhaps to replace the Drudge Report as, you know, aggregation sites for people on the right, or especially populist, because I think there's a particular niche for people that want pop right populism news and you know a lot of you know if you think of the bigger conservative um, people that have platforms at the moment ben shapiro dan dan bongino and even if we think of somebody like ted cruz and his new podcast uh there's a lot of people going into the space but there's a very, there's a lot of people going into space and already in the space, but they're not that comfortable getting into the real populist subjects. They're not fire-breathing populists, and as a result, I you know I I find some of the 
Ben Shapiro content for the last two weeks is rather sitting on the fence. You know, he hasn't dived in with opinion on this whole election mess, other than to be looking at it from a kind of professorial standpoint. Whereas with a lot of these people in the National Pulse and the Gateway Pulse in particular, you know, they're, they're, coming, they're coming down, you know, the, the news articles are tracking down news that is favourable to Trump. You'd have to make that admission. But uh, there's a huge appetite, as we can see from the stats we've just gone through there, there is a huge appetite for it out there. So it's a case of giving the people what they want. So the next site we're going to look at is Revolver News. Again, this site just got off the ground this year, as far as I'm aware. And it is an aggregation site. It's, see if I can get its web stats up here now. But it's got, let me see now, it's kind of jinked on me there. Yes, here we go. So, just to go through uh, where it's getting its traffic from, because this is the this is a curious thing with the an aggregator site is how many sites are referring into it, and you can see that there's it's 110 sites are referring traffic to Revolver News, the biggest of which is TheLibertyDaily.com, which gives them about 16 percent, 17 percent of their traffic at the moment. The Gateway Pundit obviously is giving them six, five or six percent, and there's a couple of other ones. But the thing with aggregator sites is a lot of their traffic is coming in and it's going straight out to where the source of the links are on their sites. So I can see that, we'll say for October, there was 110 sites referring um, traffic into the route. Revolver News and Revolver News then is referring traffic out to 383 other sites. So the 383 other sites are where they're where they're getting their content from. So where the first three sites we looked at were producing a lot of original content, that Revolver News is curating some of the best stories from around the internet and posting them as links. On their website now the Dogamir and the Revolver News has broken some big stories itself it's not completely um, an aggregation site it produces in when it does produce uh, content it produces this in fairly depth and it's normally breaking news kind of content too so again it's quite it's got a lot of um, people singing, singing its praises in this election cycle, but it literally only came into being in June of this year. So from a stand and start in June, Revolver.News is getting 1.7 million visits a month. So like that is bananas good traffic for a brand new site. So we're saying June, we're like not even five months old. Um, where it needs some work, I suppose, is that the average site duration is about two and a half minutes, which, is good, which isn't bad, but I, I'm going to do a comparison. Once I've finished this site and the next one, I'm going to do a comparison with Citizen Revolver.News and Citizen Free Press with the Big Daddy, which is the Drudge Report, and to see... Even though they're doing well, they're you know they have a long way to go. One thing that would probably concern whoever's running Revolver. News is that they're only getting one point three nine um, pages visited per visitor on the site, and on an aggregation site, you'd be hoping for a lot more than that. So you'd be hoping that they'll go out, they'll link out to whatever stories in linked on their site, person to read it. They'll come back to the. They'll come back to Revolver hungry for links to more good sites of similar themed content. So, you know, they'll probably need to approve on that again. This site is ninety percent U.S. And, like I say to all of these sites, uh, there's huge appetite in the English speaking world for 
United States political content. It's just a matter of marketing it a bit better. So that is, oh, we'll just have a quick look and see how they do on the social media side of things. Yeah, so see again, it's one of these sites that gets 73% of its social media traffic from Twitter. And again, this, I, I, I tend to see a correlation, even though I can't scientifically prove this, but, but, but sites that, sites that get 70 or more percent of their social media traffic from Twitter tend to have lower pages per uh, visit duration times. That's just my, it's something I've noticed on a, a number of these sites as we've gone through, through them. Okay, so that's basically Revolver.News. It's, you know, again, they'd be pretty happy to be at a 1.5 million or 1.7 million business a month uh, in the, at the end of October from a stand and start in June. So the next one, which is, I suppose, their competitors really, is Citizen Free Press. Now, I think these guys have been at this a lot, a lot longer. And I actually like how Citizen Free Press is it's laid out a bit, it's just laid out a bit, it looks a, a, a little nicer the way the links are kind of symmetrical and that kind of thing. And again, let's just have a look and see if we can find what the traffic stats are for Citizen Free Press. So I'll just bear with me a second, I'll just type it in. I'm just typing these in as I'm doing it. Uh, free press. So the kind of stats they had in October. Okay, so ah uh, yeah, they, these guys are what well, you would expect. Uh, uh, these guys are at this a, a lot longer, and the you know the stats for the site. You know, going back to May, they were at roughly what were they at? Four point four million. And at the end of October, 7.9, so you could really say 8 million. So they've nearly doubled their traffic since May. And when you're doubling your traffic from 4 million up to 8 million, that's quite a feat. And I'm not surprised, given the look and feel of the, this, the website. Another thing the owners of this site will be really happy with is if this, this beggar's belief that this could be true, but it's saying here that the average... Visit duration is 18 minutes, nearly 19 minutes per user. And I suppose it correlates with the fact that the average person looks at 7.8 pages when they come to the site. So this is what you'd say an aggregation site should look like. You've got 8 million visitors. And for if this is correct, there's an average duration on the site for 18 minutes 19 minutes so in terms of advertising that's almost like having if you compare that to revolver where we said it was about two two minutes like in real terms that's like having nine times more ads so it's really like having a site if you wanted to compare it like like if you can if you multiplied out the site time by the number of visitors for revolver.news, we're saying 1.7 by two, so that's 3.4 million, as opposed to 8 million by, we said 20, is 160, like it's huge for advertising. So a site like this, this, this site, you know, if you were to give me any site and try to make money out of it, this would be the one I'd take, even though, even though the Gateway Pundit has 30 million users a month. The savageness of how long people are staying on this site is the key. So in terms of ad impressions and opportunities to make money, this site, you would have you would have said, although I'm just looking here to see, does this site have, what's it do for advertising on this site? Because I don't see that it has a huge advertising footprint. Maybe it doesn't. It doesn't seem to have ads, ads playing on here at all. All right, so, oh yes. Well, 
not really. It'd be interesting to see how these people make money because they, they have, there is, what I didn't notice here at the bottom of System 3 Press is they have, they have um, links to video, com uh, links to video uh, content as well. So maybe that's where they're getting their, that's probably where they're getting their own, the long viewing times from. So yeah, that's interesting now. Be interested to figure out how they are making uh, money because they don't seem to have a lot in the way of site advertising there. And there doesn't seem to be a, a subscription model on, on the site. But suffice to say, they're in a great shape because they are, you know, they're keeping their audience engaged for nearly 20 minutes when they, they go into the page. I really like, as I said, I repeat myself now, but I really like how that side is uh, laid out. So that's Citizens Citizen Free Press. It's a good aggregation site. So, and they produce their own content as well, you know, and they often produce, you know, they, they, a lot of their own content that, that they produce is where they, they'll curate tweets and stuff like that into a kind of a narrative for a story. But, um, so Citizen Free Press would be the closest website or the website that's in the best position to give the Drudge Report a run for its money. So let's have a look at what we're talking about, the Drudge Report. And like, uh, you know, the Drudge Report got famous, oh, I don't know, it's 20 years ago now, it must be close to it anyway. Um, but... If you look at the traffic for the Drudge Report, the Drudge Report is doing 59 million visitors a month. Okay, so again, that's down. Like in May, it was doing 66 million, and it was way even. I, these stats only go back six months, but to my knowledge, this trajectory downwards has been going on for close to a year if not a year and a half so they could have been up at 70 80 million visits a month they had a slight uptick from september to october but nothing to talk about really given the volumes we're talking about the overall trajectory for this site is downwards and it's because they've you know a bit like fox news their readers feel like they've been let down by the drudge report but it is still the big daddy of kind of websites that people on the right would have read a lot. Their average visit duration is still 21 minutes. So if you look back to the Citizen Press, they're, you know, they're competing with the Drudge Report in terms of the length of time a person will stay on the site. So they'd be very happy that they can compete there for audience attention. You know, the Drudge Report, has slightly better pages per visit people people that access the site tend to access about 11 pages per visit which is you know quite big so just an idea of some of the overall stats here as well again the george report is surprising to me that george report is 93 percent american focused again you know, some of the sites that I mentioned earlier have kind of better outside America audiences than the Drudge Report. And I think, I really do feel that there's an audience for this US content, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, the UK, South Africa. There's a, there's a lot of English-speaking countries that can't get enough of US politics. Um, but... You know, and one well, of the beauty for Drudge is only 1% of their traffic comes from social media. That is amazing. And of that 1%, 48% come from YouTube. So again, it's a great situation where you're not relying on the, tw you know, you're not relying on an exhaustive social media um, presence to keep your clicks going. What this means is it's almost like Google. People type in Drudge Report into Google and it's it's an automatic. It's 
they don't have to think about it. So what, what, what was I going to look at here? So yeah, you can see direct. They're not relying on search even that much. It's, most of these are direct, you know, they're, it's an established brand is what this is telling me. And obviously that is, um, you know, that's huge. Now, a lot of these, I suppose a lot of these aggr aggregation sites, where Drudge got into trouble before was it was found that they were being paid to post links. You know, when you're getting traffic like this, there's a lot, any, you know, you would have to say like a National Pulse or a Gateway Pundit or a True Pundit would be, you know, if the Drudge report posted a link to a story from one of those sites, the amount of traffic that would entail would be huge. And, you know, people would pay for it. So, and people do pay for it. So maybe that's where, I don't know if the Citizen Free, uh, Citizen Free Press get paid for posting links or not, but I know that Drudge probably are getting paid for links posted on its website. And I think that could be the, a source of revenue for, for some of these aggregation sites. I don't know that for a fact because a lot of them claim to be not doing that, but it has been found that Drudge was pretty much doing this from the get-go with uh, a couple of you know big news sites. So I just wanted to bring it, talk about Drudge there as an example of where Citizen Free Press and Revolver.News would like to go. And what you'd have to say is Citizen Free Press are definitely on a trajectory to get there. And I would say they probably have a great chance of getting there if they keep the quality of their content going. Their users obviously enjoy it because they're spending nearly 20 minutes on the, on the, on the site per visit. Um, and they're ahead of the game in terms of their their video content that they seem to have on the site or embedded into some of the stories is um, is just looks a lot easier to negotiate than the way the Drudge Report is set up at the moment. So that was that. But what you can see is what I wanted to point out, and I'll finish up on this point, is that there's a huge fragmentation of the conservative slash populist news content sector at the moment. And the what you're going to find as we go forward is that people are not going to rely on one or two news sources for how they put together facts or how they put together their political ideas. And what that's why I think over the next two or three years, you're going to see sites or platforms is more accurate. Platforms like Just the News or Gateway Pundit or, you know, Citizen Free Press expand out their platforms to not just new, not just news and written content, but video, podcasting and, you know, almost TV production. Because what we can see now is that Conservatives have platforms like Parler, like Rumble, like a, um, a couple of other video sharing platforms where they're not relying on the Twitter, YouTube, Facebook combination to build audience share. The destruction that these three sites, these three social media platforms in particular, have done on the conservative side of things for the last year especially has just put off people trying to build a brand from scratch on those platforms because you what we've seen is at the drop of a hat they can pull your audience away with no real explanation the level of censorship is increasing over time and it's you know all, even now they're mass exodus of Twitter users to Parler in the last two weeks, where Parler now has 10 million active users. They're even trying to stop that. So they're, 
it's not enough that your voice is censored on their platforms. There are fairly prominent liberal commentators and news people pointing to the fact that, you know, they conservatives shouldn't be allowed to exist on their own platforms and blah 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 like it's you know they're not they're only happy if they can control your thoughts and expressions and you know there's a huge divide on what constitutes a fact you know and this current scenario can't continue where twitter are putting on these you know fact checking warnings on nearly every tweet a prominent conservative can't go more than two tweets without getting their posts flagged for some reason or another and they're already being suppressed in terms of the outreach of their tweets and all of this is done behind a, a curtain an iron curtain that you have no visibility on but suffice to say is any new conservatives out there would be wise not to, would be wise to build platforms that you know protect free speech so parlor seems to be one of those rumble seems to be one of those and there's there's an appetite where there's an appetite in the market for something smart people will build platforms to cater for that market so i'd be very hopeful that conserv you know conservatives will have multiple places to have their voice heard over the next couple of years so that brings us to the end of this podcast and so i hope you've enjoyed me going through five five relatively new or semi-new new sources and their web statistics i think i, I found it interesting when i was going through them myself so that's why i decided to do a podcast so anyway uh, you can get all my content on Parler at Box Deplorables, B-O-X-D-E-P-L-O-R-A-B-L-E-S, or Twitter at Box Deplorables, B-O-X-D-E-P-L-O-R-A-B-L-E-S. And my, my subscriber content and my free content is on Subscribestar. So it's www.subscribestar forward slash Jerry O'Neill. Or you can find me on Patreon as well. So I think that's everything. And I'll chat to you soon.